Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Geek Vibes Live. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. I play Eobars Thawne on DCTV's The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Yes, indeed you are. Welcome to episode... You guys know we don't keep count. Uh, Welcome to another episode of Geek Vibes Live. Uh, We have a huge show uh, on task for you guys tonight. But first, let me introduce the panelists. Let's start with Nick. What's going on, Nick? What's up, man? How you doing? I am super excited to get all sweaty about a certain thing that dropped this week. But before we get into that, Joel, what's going on, buddy? What's going on, gentlemen? All right. I'm sorry. I got to go to Dane. Joel just didn't make me excited about being on the show at all. Dane, let's fix it up, man. What's going on, Dane? Hey, what's (laughs) up? Everything's great. You know, uh, I'm I'm excited to talk about something uh, this week, too. But it's actually I'm scared about something I thought. never mind, don't worry about it. I'll talk about it later. <laughs> Joel, did you wanna did you wanna get a do over be- before we start? Joel, what's going on, uh, Joel? Fuck you. <laughs> I have a baby. All right, that's what, what I was looking say? for. <laughs> that's what I was looking for. All right, so let's get into it, guys. I feel like something dropped this week. I think we got a picture of Robin. Which something big dropped. I can't remember. Oh, 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 I remember. Oh, the box office the for Infinity Justice League War in trailer. Oh, yeah. No, that is important. Uh, no, but the Infinity War dropped. I'm just kidding. Uh, we have been waiting for this moment since, what was it, late June, early July, when uh, those geeks and nerds got to see it up at D23, and we've been waiting this entire time to see it for ourselves, a full, uh, crisp, uh, you know, non-people clapping and laughing in the back uh, version of the trailer. It dropped, and wow. Was it two minutes of just, just, I, I think I cried the entire, with Nick Fury starting off the trailer saying it began as an idea. Scarlet Witch is completely blonde now. I think I love her now. Um, <laughs> we just got so many great you mean, uh, uh, scenes, great Black shots. Widow? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah you meant Scarlet Johansson. You said Scarlet Witch, yeah, you meant Johansson. I will you say said this, Scarlet Witch. To cover, to cover my tracks, Scarlet Witch looks amazing also. But, yeah, I did mean yeah. <laughs> the Black Widow. Uh, and all so that yeah, vision. So, we got so many. 
Exactly. We got so many great shots. Let me just get into the shots really quickly, and now I'm going to pass it off to uh, our panelists to see how you guys felt about the trailer. Uh, man, uh, let's start off with the mother load. Uh, not Thanos coming out of the portal because that, to me, wasn't what was super significant about seeing Thanos. Seeing him insert two stones into that gauntlet. Wow, chills. I've been waiting for this moment so long since we saw him turn around and smirk in the first Avengers film. Seeing him finally get stones and insert it into his gauntlet, amazing. Uh, Seeing the Black Order was amazing. Uh, Seeing how how important Wakanda is going to be in this film as far as just a landscape for them to have empty land uh, to fight in uh, was also awesome. I will say one last thing before I pass it to Joel to get his thoughts on the trailer. I want to know what is T'Challa going to think or what is uh, Wakanda going to think about Banner returning to Africa. We remember the last time Banner was in Africa, that didn't go that well. And I'm, I'm curious to see if they'll touch on that at all see if people are like a little antsy having the Hulk back in Africa, uh, knowing the last time he was there, he kind of leveled an entire city. It seemed like, it looked like it was maybe just a block, but I felt like it kind of extended to more so than just a block. Um, but Joel, what were your, you know, your initial thoughts on seeing the official trailer for Infinity War? I, I loved it. I thought it was great. It was a great trailer. Uh, it gave me just enough. Um, I didn't know what to expect because we—I mean, I kind of knew what to expect because we got the the the, the, the Comic Con trailer that we kind of saw it with you know the bootleg one, which was fine. We all liked it. Um, but this one, I didn't know exactly what they were going to show us. Whether it be the same trailer with extra scenes or whatever, and we ended up getting a lot of really really cool scenes. We got to see uh, in two different areas. There was a lot of Wakanda, and we got some of New York City. We got to see some Tony Stark action. We got to see some Doctor Strange action. We got to see some Spider-Man. We got to see some Black Panther. You said Black Widow's blonde now. That's weird. Um, you got to see Cap and his, all his bearded glory. Um, we got to see... Uh, we got to see the Winter Soldier in Wakanda. I wonder when... The, if he, does he get unfrozen in Black Panther movie, or is that in Black in, in uh, the uh, Avengers Infinity War? So that'd be cool. That's a good question to ask. Um... Let's see. There's just so much to take away. Like, I really enjoyed the the same thing with the gauntlet you were talking about. I love seeing how it, it the gems go into the gauntlet almost like a magnet. It just goes right into, like, the little area. It's, like, awesome. That was a really cool visual. I have no issues with the CGI for Thanos. I have no idea why people are bitching because that's what people do. But, yeah, I, I it was a really good trailer. I'm not, I'll say this. I'm not going to say it, it made me more excited because I was kind of already excited. But I thought it was it was a very 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 well done trailer. It did its job. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I will say on the people that complain about the CGI, I remember when Apocalypse came out, and I don't remember if you were with <laughs> us, Joel, but I do know me uh, and Dane were saying, know. me and Dane were saying, calm down on on criticizing uh, Apocalypse. It's a trailer. It's very early on. They have time to fix it, and then we saw the movie. And all they fixed was kind of toning down on the purple, but they didn't fix like his entire look. He still looked mm-hmm. as horrible as he did in the trailer. So I think a lot mm-hmm. of people are saying, uh, yes, he looked like Ivan News. So I think a lot of people, I think, I'm not speaking for, for the world that complained about it, but I think mm-hmm. most people were saying, 
you know, he kind of looked a little spotty, but it's still early when the movie doesn't come out to like May 4th. Uh, there was like, when, when he originally came out of the portal, I saw some things with the CGI that could be touched up, but I agree with you. I didn't complain about it at all. I, I didn't care. Um, but I right. know a lot of people also were upset about him not having his armor. I won't get too yeah. much into yeah. what yeah. about the director actually said about that, but I even said right. myself, I feel as though Thanos doesn't take, uh, you know, these heroes serious enough to, to, to warrant having to wear the armor. But I do feel okay. as though we will get that armor at some point. There's no way he can't wear it. Better. We saw him with the, We saw him with the armor <laughs> on three different occasions. The one time he actually fights, he doesn't yeah. have it. So I think right. the Russo brothers, right. I think they know that, and I <laughs> think they will fix it. Let's just hope that they do. Because a lot of us That's will be point. upset if we get, we get yeah. both movies. Uh, with him fighting, and he doesn't have the armor, but him sitting down, uh, we've seen yep. him with the armor on three other yep. occasions. Uh, exactly. Nick, what, what were your initial thoughts on the uh, the Infinity War trailer? Loved it. It was awesome. It was everything I needed it to be. It was. It, it kind of showed you uh, all of these different characters that we expect to see in this film, or either that we expect or we uh, or know are going to be in the film. Um, it gave me uh, little snippets without giving, I, without at least me personally, I don't think they gave anything away. I mean, I think um, the way that the, that Disney is is pretty clever as far as how they construct trailers, um, and as far as uh, kind of doing a bait and switch as far as what the trailer gives you versus what you actually get. Um, I heard a few people complaining about um, the scene with Loki and 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 saying that. Um, that kind of was a, a, a little too much, but it, without having the context around that scene, you don't really know, um, you know, what exactly to expect there. Um, I love Spy- the Spidey sense. Like, it was probably my favorite part was just sit- seeing him sitting there, and then the the uh, the hairs on his arm go up, and and like I, I'm like I'm like I'm right there with you, Spidey. Like my my my, uh, my hair on my arm is like standing straight up too, brother. Um, so that was like that was probably like my my favorite little uh, moment out of the trailer. Um, I'm also really curious um, about that planet that we see at the very beginning of the trailer. Like, is I don't I don't feel like that's Earth. I feel like maybe it's Xandar, um, since we see in a later shot that he, he already has the power stone. Maybe that like he just went and wrecked Xandar, and that's maybe how the Guardians come into play. Um, but that'll be really interesting for, uh, you know, for me to, to see, you know, what, what planet that exactly is and, and how they work that in and everything else. Um, but yeah, man, I loved it. I, I thought it was, uh, it was everything that I wanted, um, and maybe just a dash more. Um, and I will kind of agree with Joel in the sense that, um, it, it maybe doesn't necessarily make my hype more for, uh, Infinity War because it's already like at, at like a huge high, um, but it and it doesn't. I won't say it necessarily makes my hype more for uh, Black Panther uh, because I'm already y'all all know I'm already super high on that. It's my like most anticipated movie of next year. Um, but what it does do is it makes my hype even more for the uh, like post credit scenes of Black Panther and how they work in the lead in to Infinity War. And um, like you said, uh, I think the Juan, like 
Uh, I'll be curious to see uh, how they handle Bucky. And is that like a post-credit scene? Does that happen in Infinity War? Does does that happen um, during Black Panther for some other reason? Um, a lot of little questions um, that kind of lead up to how these two movies will connect. And I think that's honestly where my hype level, where it hit me as far as the hype level is, um, you know, obviously we got one film going right into the next. How exactly are these films going to connect? I'll be really, really intrigued to see um, how that all works itself out. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Just really quick, um, Joel brought up that point. I don't want to steal uh, his, his good point. He brought up that point on, uh, where we could that. possibly see Bucky being unfrozen, whether gotcha. it be at the end of Black Panther or uh, at some point during Infinity War. Just didn't want to take that away from him because I was uh, he did bring that up. Um, but yeah, I completely sorry, agree. Joel. One point I wanted to gracias. <laughs> one point one point I wanted to bring up before I pass it to you, Dane, was the point you made, uh, Nick, about a lot of people uh, complaining about that Loki scene and how it might be possibly too telling. I do want to say this: we have now. In at least, I believe, two, I'd say Avengers Age of Ultron and Civil War, most recently, um, they did a bait and switch to where the trailer made you think one thing and the movie gave you something else. We were almost, I won't say we, I'm sorry, I don't want to speak for the masses. It was being portrayed as if we were going to lose Rhodey in Civil War. It -hmm. made it look like that. It also made it look like Bucky was the one who shot him down. Um, both of those did not happen. Age of Ultron, everyone and their mother was, was ready to say goodbye to Clint. We all, we all figured, oh, they're introducing his family now. This is his goodbye. That didn't happen either. So uh, they're very, they're very uh, slick with, with how they portray the trailer, but then how they execute it in the film itself. So although we're not saying deaths won't happen, um, you know, in this movie – don't go 100% off of the trailer. I would say nine times out of ten where you assume something in the trailer, it usually doesn't happen in a MCU film. Um, i also say to a lot of people who thought since we saw a lot of Vision, that could be one of the guys to go. Uh, the fact that we saw um, one of the Black Order picking the stone from his head, I think that should be something that lets you know he won't be a death that occurs in the film because they wouldn't have shown you that. I, I don't think uh, Disney or Marvel at this point of doing it for so long would have given you something that huge uh, and let you know, listen, yeah, Vision's the one to go. You even see him getting the stone plucked out of his head. I do not think they would make it that obvious. I think there's no, more the, to that scene. We're at the very go least, ahead, that's not going to be where he dies. Right, exactly. Like if if exactly. he dies, that and, won't be where it is. And I also want to if point out... If he dies, out, then if, he dies. If he dies, he dies. If you wanted to connect the pieces of that trailer, uh, there's more to that scene than just it being plucked from his head. So we don't necessarily... We can't necessarily see that and just go, oh, that's exactly what's going to happen. A lot right. was in that scene, uh, if, if you piece it together. Um, but, Dane, what were your initial thoughts on the uh, Infinity War trailer? All right, as a whole, I love the trailer, uh, as you guys said. Um, I think what you guys were you know, just talking about with the swerving a little bit in the trailer, I don't think Vision's going to die there. I think it's going to be very similar to, like you said, like how War Machine was in Civil War. Or we're supposed to think that, but 
I don't see them executing it that way. Um, maybe he becomes more tech-based and Tony works on him and he's just less powerful, like he is in the comics, honestly. Um, and that's how they go about it. But I definitely think that him and Wanda are going to be making some witch babies, if you understand what I'm saying. All right. Um, also, uh, I'm trying to think of another specific scene. Uh, just just the everything that happened in Wakanda are some of my favorite scenes in the whole entire movie. I really want to know also, is it Iron Man that's inside the Hulkbuster or is Hulk actually inside the Hulkbuster? Someone was, uh, you know, talking about that and it really uh, stirred my, my intrigue on the whole entire concept because that's what I love about these trailers is they made a, like a three act trailer basically with uh, infinity wars trailer. So I, uh, I'm very excited to find out. Um, I think Loki's actually giving the Tesseract to Thor um, I think maybe the uh, basically Thanos' ship found them due to the fact that Loki had the Tesseract on him and he comes clean and then Thanos whoops Thor's ass, takes that and, you know, leaves them in the middle of space where the Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, you know, meet him. I don't know if that exactly happens, but anyone worried about the special effects? I don't think that you guys are, have been granted a good reason to be worried about special effects. It's been shown pretty well. I don't think he looks like he did in Guardians, which is one of my, you know... That movie was amazing, but Thanos always bothered me. He looked re a little bit ridiculous. And that one after credit scene, they made him look better. I think when it comes to any type of negative, the fact that we didn't – well, the crown thing, yeah, the armor, I'm, I'm hoping they address that, and that's just how you guys are perceiving it too, that that's early on and that he doesn't think they're worthy enough to be able to handle the whole entire armor. But um, I, I do find it a little bit worrisome that we did not see him talk as Thanos. That's a big thing with CGI, something that can make it look, you know, not as good uh, a lot of times. So I think they are saving that to put the final touch touches, and I, I get that. I'm just, that was, I wish we could have seen him talk a little bit. But, hey, man, seeing Spider-Man get slammed down by Thanos, Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy being Thor, it's, it's going to be awesome. It, it's going to be a friggin' epic, you know, comic event with a bunch of splash pages and I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Absolutely. And one of the biggest things I wanted to bring up to you guys, because this is just me completely geeking out with a theory of mine. All right, so we know at the end of Civil War, Cap leaves his shield with Stark. Stark still has his shield, right? So in the trailer, when you hear T'Challa say, uh, get this man a shield, not his shield. I think I listened to that like maybe a billion times. He says a shield. You know what the first thing I thought of was? We all are huge fans of Earth's Mightiest Heroes. What did Steve have to use when his shield was broken? A tech-based shield, right or wrong? Oh, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What if, what if, the hologram shield. What if, yeah. what if those gloves that he has in, the, in that running scene at the end of the trailer, if one or not both turn into a huge shield or one of them is a tech-based shield i think that would be freaking awesome i would i would completely <laughs> geek out because i've always wanted them to implement some some of the great elements of earth's mightiest heroes in the well, the actual cinematic universe oh go ahead joel you were gonna say something well that's also from the comic books he had that for a little bit too that, oh right yeah, the energy right, shield right. thing yeah, I, right. I just I'm love sorry. this yeah, because the sweaty point. level just went up like at least <laughs> ten points. I fucking love it, dude. <laughs> do, do, do you guys so, also so think? Awesome. Um, 
Do you guys also think that's possible that uh, Tony's talking to Cap on that cell phone um, in that one part? In the yes, that's a that's a yeah, really good point. Yeah, some people say want, it. Yeah, I wanted to mention that that's the exact phone that Rogers left Stark at the end of Civil War. So we can assume that is when Thanos. Yes, it was. So we can assume that's at the point where Thanos is just approaching Earth's atmosphere, uh, where he's a like you. You start to see uh, the effects of him of him landing, um, and Stark immediately has to call Cap because Cap has the other half of the Avengers. So he knows he right. needs to put his feelings aside and assemble the team again. Uh, Dane, I will say this to the point you made of: Could that be Hulk? in the the uh the Hulkbuster armor or Stark. I believe I'd have to see it again, but I thought there was a, a, a quick shot in that trailer where it showed Hulk and it showed that that uh that armor uh being yeah. used also. So yeah, I banner, just wanted to, yeah. to mention that. Right. It was very it was very quick it was very quickly, but I think they showed them at the same time, one as Bruce as Hulk and the other I assume is Stark in the, the Hulkbuster armor, but that does not mean that we will not see Hulk maybe uh, try to use some of Stark's technology to further help him against some of these threats, and he just kind of like just busts through it and goes, nah, puny machine, I'll just use Hulk's fist. You know, like something nice. along those lines. We could definitely see that. Um, but I will say, uh, as far as CGI, I thought it was really crazy that no one really complained about uh, the Black Order. Uh, that one chick who has the staff, I thought she looked horrible in the trailer. I thought that was more glaring than anything Thanos-based. I thought they needed to fix her tremendously. I have no idea who the actress is that is portraying her. I, it, what is it, uh, Joel? Prox, Prox of Midnight or something like that? I, I forgot Prox, her exact Prox name. Proxima Midnight, yeah. Proxima yeah. Midnight. I thought, personally, in this trailer, she looked That's horrible. Like uh, yeah, so I, I think that was the, the major CGI issue that they needed to resolve, uh, obviously, before the movie comes out. I, I did not like the way that she looked. But I will say this. Even... Go ahead, Joel. What were you saying? I'm sorry, I, didn't, I didn't even notice, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a quick shot. Yeah, the shot shots were so her. quick. It was really quick right before she throws her staff at Cat at and he catches it. Right. Uh, but I, I kind of pause it to kind of see what she – how, how similar to the comic she would look. And the, the idea of, of, of her looks spot on to the comics, but the, the, the execution of it for this trailer just didn't, didn't do it for me. Um, but, yeah, as Joel brought up before, Cap in his, uh, in his bearded glory, uh, his beard was actually the, the number one mention on, on Twitter uh, <laughs> when the trailer was released. So that, that makes sense. I mean, it was, it was kind of weird to see, but kind of awesome to see. Uh, looks like he's been through some shit. I don't know where he's been hiding, but he's been through some shit. Um, uh, another question. I don't know. I think it, I think it looks better if you put. Um, I think it looks better if you put Henry Cavill's um, uh, CGI face <laughs> on top of it to be able to cover up just for no facial hair. I can't. I can't wait till we get into our DC talk so we can dive more into why that wasn't better executed in the film. Uh, but I wanted to ask you guys two two really quick questions. I'm going to start off with you, Dane. Why do you think we did not see both Ant-Man uh, and Hawkeye in this trailer? Do you think they did it to hide maybe how badass they're actually going to be in the film? Or do you think that they just didn't make it into the trailer? 
Uh, yeah, I don't think they made it into the trailer because they're, you know, per, like two of the smallest characters with Ant-Man quite literally. Um, so, yeah, I just don't think – I don't think they were like, God, we need to make sure we get this Hawkeye scene in here to, like, get the hype up. Uh, I love Jeremy Renner, but, I mean, let's be honest. And I love Paul Rudd, too, as Ant-Man, but, you know, I, I don't think – unless he's turning into Giant Man, it's like – so is he turning into Giant Man? Uh, no. Okay, yeah, yeah, fuck it. Let's keep him out of the trailer. Okay. Well, well, well we could have a, like, talk to ants for, like, a little while. No, 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 no. we don't need that. We're going to show Captain America and Black Panther telling people to get something and shit. That's a much better idea. So that's what I think happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree with that. And, I mean, technically, if we're being technical – we don't know that we didn't see Ant-Man in that trailer. If we wanted to be quite literal about the, about the, the idea of that. But, I, um, Nick, why do you think we didn't see those two characters? Do you agree with Dane, or do you think there was something more that they were trying to hide of those characters not showing them yet? Oh, now I'm just picturing you as Darren Cross in, like, the presentation to our audience and, like, doing the, like, click, 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 click close-up and being like, see, there's Ant-Man. He's right there. <laughs> um, I, I'm but, literally uh, re-watching the trailer to see if I see it, but no, go ahead. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, as far as what I think, uh, scrolls confirmed. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I, I will be super intrigued to see who is a scroll and who's not a scroll. Because I'm telling you, there's at least one person in, in the Avengers right now that is currently a scroll, um, and we're gonna find that out. If not in, uh, if not in uh, Captain Marvel, probably in uh, Avengers Four. I think there will be something that leads into that, uh, and then maybe lead into Phase Fantastic Four. We'll see. Um, but uh, no, I agree with Dane. I mean, I think that, honestly, it it just it just boils down to those those two characters aren't um, aren't your bread and butter. I mean, Hawkeye's obviously never uh, had his own film. Um, his biggest time to shine was uh, Age of Ultron, and um, that was one of the lesser received, um, lesser well received films as far as the fan base. Um, yeah, and then and then Ant Man, while I love and will continue to champion that film, um, again not like a super super well received film by m- the majority of the fan base. Um, so yeah, they're just they're just two of your lesser known characters. So they're they're they'll get they'll show up in the next trailer, I'm sure. But um, th- th- there wasn't any any um, any dire straight reason to get them in the in the trailer. Yeah, I completely see both you and Dane's point. But, I mean, if, I, if I'm if i Jeremy Renner, I'd be a little pissed that uh, we saw War Machine and I couldn't even get just, like, a, a dope-ass shot of me just, like, slinging an arrow. But War Machine was saw in there. Um, but I did want to point out really quickly before I forgot, you mentioned uh, Scroll. I will say this. A lot of people on the page are saying that it won't be connected. I think they're they're full of crap. I think it is connected. <laughs> There, there is. Um, I think there is a reason why Agents of Shield is in space, and they are mentioning Kree. There is a huge reason wow. for that. Well, hold on, let me finish it, and then I'm going to pass it to you because I feel like you you saw the the two episodes uh, from this sure Friday did. night. So I, I, I'll pass it to you for you to give me uh, your take. That's why I wanted you last, so I can go into this right before I pass it to you. But I think the mention of Kree is uh, will kind of dwindle down into after Avengers Infinity War. 
and we get into Captain Marvel, and they kind of go through the whole Kree-based war. I even liked it when they said, uh, don't you guys kind of have a division where you kind of, like, handle aliens and stuff like that? It's funny because a division does exist called uh, S.W.O.R.D., I believe, right? Right, Joel? That's correct. Yeah. Yes, Uh, called S.W.O.R.D. that I believe we will see uh, in some capacity in the Captain Marvel film. So all I'm saying is uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I believe loosely is tied into, uh, will tie us into Scrolls and the Kree Scroll War. I believe it has something loosely to do with that. I don't know if it necessarily has a lot to do with Infinity War. I think the only connective tissue, as Nick brought up, is we will find out that someone out of the team is actually a scroll, And we'll just learn more about the scroll and the Kree from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But, Joel, uh, two-sided question. Do you think that will connect at all between Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the current MCU storyline of both Thanos and the possibility of uh, scrolls down the road? And why do you think Hawkeye and Ant-Man weren't added to the uh, the uh, first official trailer? Uh, let me start with Ant-Man and Hawkeye. Uh, Hawkeye. Um, I, I don't think it, I think it's about to do about nothing. I just think they just weren't in the trailer. Um, we know Hawkeye has a new look, and there's some Ronin in there, so they probably want to spoil some of that. So they're like, oh, and I heard he was, I think uh, some people were saying that he was in the Comic-Con trailer. So I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know because I didn't really. I watched it, but I haven't been a while since I've seen it, <laughs> and I don't remember if he was in it. Um, so I just, I just think they just didn't make the trailer. I don't think it's any. I'm not looking further into it. I just think they just weren't in it because um, there's a lot of people we didn't see, so it's no big deal. Um, on the other hand, when it comes to Agents of Shield and how it connects and the Crees and the Scrolls and all that extra BS, I, I don't think we'll know anything about the Scrolls until. Captain Marvel. I think Captain Marvel would be the beginning of any type of introduction about the scrolls. They may say anything beforehand, but the scrolls will be majorly introduced in Captain Marvel, and, and I think it'll stick there. Um, when it comes to Age of the Shield, I was with you uh, before watching the episodes. Uh, I, I thought, my goal, maybe this will transition into Infinity War in some capacity, especially now that they're in space. But it went in a completely different direction than I expected. <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for you guys. Um, what, the twist. <laughs> what? No, 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 no! It's not in humans' bed. No, let me just stop you before no, you not go bad. any further it's not with bad. that. It's 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 nowhere near in humans. Like just it, scared me. It, he's just no, 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 no. I get what Joel's saying, and I completely agree with with that idea. But I want to let you finish your point. I just wanted to to stop Dane before he got any further, thinking that uh, it was in humans' bed. Nothing. It's not bad. It's that not we bad. I don't think anything yeah. that we will see going forward under the Marvel banner will ever be as bad as seeing humans. But go ahead. And <laughs> while we were wa- while I was watching uh, uh, Agents of Shield, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, look, they made Agents of Shield look fucking great. That's how bad Inhumans was. That's just that's what went through my head. I'm like, god damn it. Um, but yeah, I was with you guys. But as I watched the first two episodes, Agents of Shield, I'm like, I really don't know <laughs> like where they're going with it. Uh, it's, it might not connect like I thought, at least not as majorly as I thought, maybe in some capacity and down the line. But as of right now, it's kind of separate. Like, really, it, But I, it'll probably connect because it's in space and there's aliens involved. But that's as far as I, I don't – again, I don't want to spoil it for you guys. But I just I – just, if you do watch it, just keep in mind that this show 
it has a, a crazy little twist that they haven't really explained yet, which is, I guess is good for the show because now I'm curious. But when it comes yeah. to Infinity War, um, just, I, I, you're, it's possible that there's a scroll. I'm not like in love with the idea of anybody being a scroll because it, to me, scrolls just convolute everything. <laughs> but we'll see. I'm looking forward to seeing what, what happens and who is and who isn't. But I just want to see Infinity War and go from there. Yeah, I, I, I just wondered. Uh, I, I have a quick question. Um, yeah, like, man. do do you guys think that? I mean, we we obviously know at this point that uh, Captain Marvel is set in the nineties, um, yeah. and I think I think a big part of that is um, to to kind of get away from uh, you know her uh, to explain maybe why she is not in in Infinity War and. Right. You know why? You know, I think I think that'll have a large part to do with it. But I also think because we know that it's set in the '90s and we know the scroll are involved, um, I, I I think that it could also indicate um, that there has been some kind of secret invasion happening. Um, and it may not necessarily be any any huge character. Like it doesn't like it doesn't necessarily have to be like Captain America, like it was in Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Um, mm-hmm. but it could be, it could be like a smaller character. Um, and I don't even mean like a Hawkeye. I mean, almost like, um, you know, somebody who's just connected to somebody, uh, who's connected to somebody else. Like maybe like a, um, I don't know, like Luis, I would hate for if it should, it should definitely not be Luis, but I'm just saying like some, <laughs> a character like on that, on that level. No, I, I, um, I, I, get so your like point. I, I get your point. They don't have to be if if they do introduce one of the characters that we know to be a scroll. It doesn't have to be a significant role. Like I maybe Maria point. Hill. Like right. What if Maria Hill been a scroll this whole time? That's a good that point. would be That's awesome. I have an idea. And I would also. I have an idea, guys. My idea is all right. Say we get this whole thing finalized with Fox and their properties, and then when they bring on X Men, Fantastic Four, and all their villains, they're all scrolls, and then they kill them. And then they put a giant bag of dog shit and light it on fire at the studios of Fox. I think that that's what's going to happen. Where's the mute button? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was looking for the show, but um, <laughs> I, I, I do. Uh, Goddamn, Joel's uh, on fire tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna set him on fire. I do understand. Son of a bitch. I actually have control of the mute button, motherfucker. <laughs> I actually do. Uh, I understand. I understand Nick's point. Uh, Nick, me and you have always wanted the idea of uh, one of the members or someone close to them to be a scroll. But I do understand Joel's point that making them a scroll then kind of makes the situation a little convoluted. And then, like, it you have to go into explaining that. But not for somebody like Maria Hill, who we haven't. No, I not for Maria Hill at all. For Maria yeah. Hill, but if someone major. But I think if you want to give the crowd. That that feeling of oh my god, it would have to be Maria Hill or someone significant for them to go oh my mm-hmm. goodness, really them? They were a scroll. Yeah, yeah. So I think for that uh, jaw dropping moment, you have to kind of come somewhere in the middle. The uh, but I, <laughs> yeah, no, the night nurse <laughs> that'd be a little funny. Uh, there you I go. wanted to ask two more. I wanted to ask two more Infinity War questions before we move on to our next topic. Uh, two quick things, and I'm going to start with you, Dane. Uh, do you think the scene with Thor holding that huge machine, do you think that was maybe him saving the Asgardians that were left on the ship? Or do you believe that was possibly him contributing to, I don't know, 
just off the top of my head, making his new acts. Uh, that's part one of the question. And part two of the question is, since we didn't really go over it, how hyped were you guys to see Iron Spider or what we assume is a version of a more uh, tech-based Spider-Man suit, even more so than the one he already has? Um, or even I'll ask this. Do you think that's the Iron Spider suit? Uh, I'll kick it to you first, Dane. Um, yes, I do think that's the Iron Spider suit. Um, I think that that's what it's going to look like. If people have a problem with them not going to traditional comics, I like it because of the fact that it looks like his suit, just, you know, just a tech-based suit. So um, I think it's awesome. It just sucks because it's not going to work out for him because we see Thanos smack him around like a little bitch like Hulk did with Loki. So, um, you know, uh, it teach, it's cool to see happen. I don't know if he's going to have it by the end of the event, though. I think he might just go back to the normal suit uh, for his um, movies. Um, as far as Thor, I didn't even pick up on that. Really, <laughs> and I've seen the trailer like four times. So sure, he's uh, helping out the Asgardians, and uh, I think that his suit will get made at one point. Well, not his suit, his his hammer will get made, but it might be some type of tech thing that maybe T'Challa and um, Tony put together using vibranium and technology to kind of harness his new electrical powers, you know, through the hammer once again. So he has like a, uh, I don't know what the word would be, but a, a conductor, if you will. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'll save my opinion for last because I don't want to take anyone's idea if they were thinking that. Uh, so, Nick, I'll go to you next. Same question. Uh, do you think Thor was maybe building his, his hammer? And do you think the suit of Spider-Man's that we saw will indeed be the Iron Spider suit? I mean, I definitely think it's a it's an upgraded suit. I mean, it's definitely something that that Tony has put together um, for him that, that was teased at the end of uh, Homecoming. I don't necessarily know that it's the Iron Spider suit, um, and I don't necessarily think it has to be. Like, you, you, I, I'm of the opinion, um, and it's I kind of agree with Dane in, in this sense um, because Dane's Dane's kind of process was he thinks it's the Iron Spider suit, and you know everything doesn't have to look like the comics. Um, and I'm uh, of a similar opinion where I don't necessarily think it's the Iron Spider suit, and that there's nothing wrong with that. Like it doesn't, like it doesn't have to be something that's a cult, you know, uh, page for page from the comics. They can, they have like a little leeway there. Um, but it's definitely, I mean, it's obviously uh, the, the the Tony Stark upgrade uh, upgraded suit. Um, so I'll be interested to see what it is. I just hope it still has, uh, was it Veronica? Was that her name? What was her name? It wasn't Veronica, Karen. was it? It was Karen. It was Karen. Karen. Was it Karen? Yeah, it was Karen. I think so. Okay. Think okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I liked, uh, I liked her banter with Spider-Man. I thought, I thought it was really, really terrific. Um, even though it's totally non-traditional, um, I, uh, I thought it added uh, a fun little element to the movie. Um, so I, I hope she's still uh, in, in, like, involved in that suit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, as far as uh, Thor, um, I, you, you guys know I still I, I've been slacking. I still haven't seen Ragnarok. Um, so even though I know like most of the spoilers at this point because they're inevitable. I mean, you, you can't escape it. Um, I, I don't know uh, enough to. to, to uh, really develop an opinion on what it is he's doing in that shot. I know exactly what shot you're talking about, but like saving the rest of the people of Asgard, like I know Asgard like got destroyed or something. 
um, but I don't know the full context of it, so it's really, really hard for me to pontificate, um, you know, without having uh, all of the necessary information. So my apologies to you, sis. I was about to say, I feel like a douchebag for going that in-depth into Thor <laughs> as if we had all oh, seen dude, it. I apologize, hey, Nick. No, man, it's no big deal. If if I was any kind of, like, uh, um, legit, like, person, I would have seen it already, you know, so it's, that's on me. That's definitely not on anybody else. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do. I know. <laughs> uh, Joel, same exact question. Um, do you think that Thor was possibly building – uh, his uh, his new weapon, and do you think that that Spider-Man suit is indeed the Iron Spider? Um, I'll start with Thor. Uh, I will say I have no idea. <laughs> I've heard that, that it's him ma- <laughs> making his hammer, uh, I guess, uh, or his new hammer. Uh, sorry, uh, Nick, <laughs> if you haven't seen it. Uh, some spoilers oh, no, here and there. It's all good. I saw his uh, hammer break in the trailer. <laughs> okay, that's true. That's absolutely true. You're absolutely right. So let's go with this. I hope it's not him making Mjolnir again. I hope it's him. If he is making something new, I hope it's the Yarnbjorn, like the hacks, or maybe the maybe the one they Hell have in yeah. the ultimate world. But yeah, sure. <laughs> let's just go with something like that. I just I hope it's not like what we like the picture showed Thor with an eye and his fucking hammer again. I'm like, I hope it's not the exact same hammer. I, just, I hope it's something new, something fresh. Keep us spice it up, you know. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, is Iron is that suit Iron Spider? I know they want us to think it's Iron Spider, even if it isn't Iron Spider. Because um, I remember like them showing it at the end of Homecoming and me sitting there going, that doesn't look like Iron Spider. <laughs> that looks more like the Ben Riley costume. But whatever, I love the Ben Riley costume, so it's not a really bad thing for me. But um, and I'm, but I'm not totally sold on the suit the design as a whole, and I really don't like him being super teched out to begin with. But for Infinity War, it works for me. I just I hope it just doesn't translate into his solo movies. Like, leave it. It's already teched out as it is. We don't yep. need more. Like, we don't need the actual Iron Spidey to take over the Spider-Man costume, the traditional Spider-Man costume. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I definitely agree with the, the sentiment of that. I mean, for everyone who wants the Iron Spider costume, we have to remember it was made famous, I believe, in the Civil War comics, and he had it for, like, exactly. five seconds. Uh, yeah. Well, and also, so. I think I think another really good point is as his spidey senses start to develop, he will need the tech less and less. So that could take care right. of itself in a natural sort of way, where he's like, "All right, yeah. I don't, I like, I, I'll still wear your suit. I just don't need all the gimmicks to it." Exactly. Oh, can I add one more thing? I, I love one more thing. Sure. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, one more thing before we move on to your next question. Um, Good to backtrack real quick about the Agents of Shield, and, and uh, could you guys remind me about Captain Marvel being in the '90s? I'm gonna take it back, and I'm gonna say maybe there's more connection than I expected. <laughs> I don't yeah, want to spoil it, I'm so saying. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's all I'm saying. Without spoiling I think it's it, loose. there's more of a connection than I expect because something happens in the show where you're like, oh, what the fuck and how, and. Yeah. I, again, it might explain what happens with Captain Marvel. Maybe I don't know. I, I, we'll see as the show progresses. But yeah, I, like now I'm more leaning on the Tweet. Like I said, like I said, I think it's loosely connected. Uh, I was just speaking. Not heavily. Yeah. Myself. Yeah, I was just. I wish y'all would just tell me. I'm not going to watch it anyway. So. <laughs> no, I mean, no, 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 no. I don't think Dave wants to spoil. No, no, no. We're not no, no, ruining, no, no, ruining it. 
we're not ruining it for you guys. We don't want to ruin it for the listeners who may not have seen it yet. So we can well, kind of I mean, go if you want to, I'll it. tell you. Listeners, you me to spoil tell you, warnings. You. We did, you know. Okay, yeah, you can just, I mean, you can just, no, no, Joel, you can just tell me off air. That's fine. No, we'll, 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 you sure? Fine. I mean, I'll tell you right now if you guys want. I'll tell no, you no, right it's now. fine. It's fine. It's fine. This is getting aggressive. Like, you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> like, damn it. I really want to tell it. All right. <laughs> okay, after the show, after the show, just, Jesus. just show um, me. That, just remind me, and I'll tell you after the show. Okay. All right, but yeah, to, to go back to what we were saying, uh, I just wanted to speak to people who on the page were saying uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has, you know, it's nowhere near connected to anything that they're doing in the current MCU timeline. All I was saying is the mention of Kree with the fact that we're coming up with a movie soon that is centered around the scroll, I do not think that is a coincidence. I think that was on yeah, purpose. Well, no. I do think There's, look, that, I'll, that I'll that's spoil connective this. tissue. The Kree are heavily in the show at the moment. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, and I think that that's connective tissue. So for people to dismiss it as if, like, it's, well, because they didn't mention Thanos, it's not connected. No, I'm just saying it's connected yeah. to the MCU as far as <laughs> we're going to see a movie that has to do with the scroll. And I find it hard to believe they'll they'll mention the scroll in that movie, and they won't mention yeah. the Kree. So I'm. But the only way I see it connected, connected, it's different in the way that you might think it's connected. That's what. So when I spoil it for you guys yeah. later, you'll see where I'm coming from. <laughs> gotcha. Well, not only that, um, but, I, but I think that we can all say that Agents of Shield has always been the one that's more connected compared to like what we're about to talk about with the Netflix stuff. Like they kind of always. Right, yeah have stuff that connects to the movies way more so than any of other uh, Marvel shows have had so far. I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. Yes, that was a segue. I just wanted to say one quick thing that kind of messes up the segue. Uh, but that last <laughs> at the end, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I meant to mention this earlier. I'm sorry. I forgot. But that last shot at the end with Thor turning around slowly to see the Guardians, that, to me, was one of my favorite scenes of the entire trailer. I just yeah, love I now you. that the Guardians are all a part of it. Seeing Teenage Groot is just freaking awesome. I, just, I, I love the idea that they're all finally connected and we don't have to keep waiting for the day that they interact with each other. But to move on, yes, to segue into our next topic, we are going to break down and review The Punisher Season 1. And I am... I, I, I have chills just talking about the, the idea of that show. It was freaking amazing. I love that. I love season one of The Punisher. I'm still sitting here trying to trying to put trying to figure out where I'd put it in between season one of Daredevil and season two. Like is it in the middle? Is it before, you know, season one? I don't know. I just know I love the hell out of this season. I'm gonna start with you, Joel. What were some of your favorite moments of Punisher season one? Mm, my favorite there was plenty. I mean, this show had plenty of like really good moments. Because um, it's been almost two weeks since I've seen it, um, I'm a little blurry on certain some things of it. But I'll say <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you, brother. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a little. I mean, I, I have certain moments that stick out to me, but I like I, it, it goes right to the end of the, the, the episode. I mean, the series. I'm like shit. I don't want to. I don't want to start from the end. <laughs> I do like the way it starts. It starts. I love the way it starts with him ball bearded up and, and alone. And um, again, this is spoilers for anybody listening. That we're gonna spoil a lot of shit probably. Um, him like working at that um, and construction and like it's he's kind of before he meets um, Micro. Um, I, I love that whole thing beforehand. 
I like I loved him in Micro. I loved Micro. Uh, even though he looks almost completely different from this comic book counterpart, I loved his interpretation of Micro and how he uh, how they worked it out. And his family, uh, a family I didn't expect to like like as much as I did. And that pain in the ass little boy should get punched in the face. But without aside from that, I mean like. There's a lot of things that that went well with him, and like, there's a lot of good interactions between everybody, and like, a whole bunch of. Because I don't know the Punisher comics, like I know a lot of the other comics, so I don't know there's a lot of supporting characters. I just don't know. Like, um, they they touched on, like, war, like gun violence. They talked about, and they showed both sides of it. And I I know there was, I mean, when I was watching it, it was kind of, I didn't know how some people were going to take to this, <laughs> like, especially when it came to. Um, gun violence and uh, terrorism and like war vets and like it might be a sensitive subject for certain people, but I was I was happy that it was not afraid to take whatever chances it needed to to tell the story it wanted to tell. Um, I enjoyed the end. <laughs> Billy Russo in the show was really good. I thought he was a great villain, one of the best villains we've gotten on Netflix shows in a while. Um, not to say that I didn't like, because I do like most of the villains in the Netflix shows. If anything, they do pretty decent villains. Um, Billy Russo is one of the best ones, though. Uh, and the way that show ends, with him getting grinded up like a cheese grater on the, on the mirror. And I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't know when. And it was like, I remember sitting there like, it's going to happen. He's going to do it. And he's going he's gonna to grind his face all up in that, in that window. And he did. Oh, not well in the mirror. And that was disgusting. And I had like, I had... I had goosebumps like oh. watching. It was just it just freaked me out. Oh my god, I'm like, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It was crazy, but I knew it was gonna happen. I loved that they showed it and they didn't hold back. And it was a, again, it was a great show. And it took like like most of the show, he didn't have his skull, which was fine. And no, by episode seven, I was like, when is he gonna put his skull back on? Like, what's going on here? But I know it was like episode I think nine or, or I don't know ten maybe that he put his skull back on eleven. But I, I, look, all overall, great show. I think it did what it had to do. Um, I have it somewhere. I have it up there with the Daredevils, and I know you guys didn't like Defenders like I did, but I have it up there with them. Like I love those shows. So yeah, I have it up. It's a top tier Netflix show for me. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I will start off before I pass it to uh, to you, Nick. I will start off by saying I completely get why if they were if they wanted to release it around New York uh, Comic Con around that mm-hmm. horrific incident that happened, I completely yep. get why they did not. I, I Now I that I see it, I yep. completely get why they stayed far away from that. Because yep. the yep. outroar yep. for Me that would have been insane. Um, yep. You just had, like, some of the most brutal in-your-face violence you could ever see, uh, especially coming from something with the Marvel banner. Uh, it just, you know, it, it, it's very in-your-face. Like, Daredevil has some violence, but it's nowhere near uh, the level of violence that you saw in the Punisher. More, I will agree with it's you. more fictional violence, if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, it's very you know fictional. I mean? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Uh, the average person would have died maybe by one of the stab wounds that the Punisher encountered, rather than uh, him surviving the 1,006 stab wounds and gunshots. Uh, yeah, but right. yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that. I will say um, I wasn't as uh, confident that we were going to get that shot at the end where we saw Billy Russo uh, get all torn up. Uh, I got right. nervous. I told you heading into this season, the the biggest thing I was looking forward to was Jigsaw. I loved, loved, loved the portrayal mm-hmm. of Jigsaw in uh, Punisher Warzone. So I told you right. coming into this, I was looking Super forward handy. to that. 
I did not I did not get until maybe halfway through that Jigsaw was Billy Russo. Uh really? I just couldn't remember his <laughs> name I couldn't remember his name to save my life from uh from Warzone. <laughs> so I was right. waiting for like the mobster angle of this jigsaw guy to come in and when I didn't right. see it I was like, All right, well, you know, maybe someone just has that name and we see him in season two become it. Uh and I was mm-hmm. like, Damn, I was really hoping to see his face. So when he started to grind it, I was like Hell yeah, hell yeah! And then when they said at the end that he, you know, he was still alive, but obviously, you know, I what did they say? He was in a coma or something like that, or recovering from his uh, his injury. Yeah. I was like, holy mm-hmm. shit! And I love the idea of him not being a mobster, him being more so yeah. military trained, uh, being mm-hmm. jigsaw. So it's someone that can fight Punisher, but he still has hand that to hand. Like if you notice, right? Yes, 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 he does, and he can also fight the Punisher. Not only, uh, you know with guns and weapons and stuff, but he could fight right. them up close, hand-to-hand. And right. I love that right. they went that way with that character. I just freaking love it. Uh, I love the, the, the overall season. I will say the one thing that weirded me out was when Micro was like, you kissed my wife. So, yeah, no, that's cool. And I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> huh? That was so awkward. Okay, that's yeah. a little weird. Yeah, it was just, like, really yeah. weird. I thought Punisher yeah. was really weird around his wife. I, I I just thought that whole family scenario was weird. I'm not going to say I didn't like it or it was unnecessary. It was just it weird, was weird to me. It was. Um, it, was it was very like, eh, okay, I don't really get it, but okay, cool. Um, but, yeah, I loved it. Uh, I loved where they were willing to go, where they went. And I will say, Joel, I understood why I didn't see the skull on uh, on the vest for uh, for as long as we did. Uh, you kind of got from the beginning of the series, he wanted to get away from being the Punisher, but he got pulled right, right back into it. Uh, so I right. get why he didn't want to embrace being the Punisher until he had to. So I get that, right. and I, I hope for season two, anytime we see him fighting, he is in that that costume. Uh, I think right. they'll, they'll go more uh, skull costume-based uh, going forward. So I completely understand that whole arc that he was going through. But goddamn, before I pass it to you, Nick, uh, I'll transition it to you on this. Was or was that not that uh, when they were at that construction site? Was that not some of the most brutal ass whoopings you have ever seen in your life? I mean, he dismantled those kids. It was insane. But Nick, what was your overall thoughts on season one of The Punisher? Hell yeah, he did. He destroyed those people, and that was like that was like a perfect little setup, like. I love the way that they handled all of the beats to it. Like, um, it, it very much, and, and I know a lot of people have said this, but these, these series very much play out like 13-hour movies, and so you get, like, where you would get that beat uh, summed up in, like, 10 minutes of a movie. They really get to explore it and give you maybe, like, an hour through three or four episodes um, of these these petulant characters who are just assholes um, in making stupid decisions and and roping this guy in who the Punisher is uh, basically like doesn't really want to be friends with but he knows he's not a like he sits there and he and he talks to him and he's like you're not you're a good person like I can tell um, so the way that they they tied that all in was was terrific um, but just more overarching. Um, man, I thought it was great. Um, I will say this, my, my number one thing is I wish, I wish that I had kind of watched it like you, Juwan, and I didn't 
I, I like had forgotten that Jigsaw with Billy Russo, um, because I feel like it would have played out a lot better had you not known Billy Russo was eventually going to be a bad guy. Um, I feel like it's going to be a lot better for people who are not like um, uh, either huge comic fans or people who like research all this shit, you know, like me. Um, and I, I think that would be great. Uh, also, I, I do want to have a side note. Um, Timothy Oliphant and the guy who plays Jigsaw need to be in a movie together as brothers. Just gonna throw that out there. They they'd be perfect. Like they 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 have the same. Like <laughs> Billy Russo is like the pretty version of Timothy Oliphant. Like he yeah. really is. Um, so they, they, need, they, they, they yeah. need a movie where they're brothers. I'm just saying. Um, or a TV really show quick, or whatever. Nick, really yeah. quick before you go before you go any further, it pissed me off a little bit. Even though I know there's so many more people we could pick from, as I watched the guy who uh, who portrays uh, Billy Russo, I was like, damn. I can see this guy as like a badass. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, the guy that we want to see for for the next season of Daredevil. Uh, bullseye. bullseye. Like, oh, bullseye. Damn, he could be a really good bullseye. And I was like, nah, I love him more so as Jigsaw. But I just wanted to say that because I kept saying like, damn, he could really do that also. Uh, but yeah, yeah, go ahead, uh, continue, Nick. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, I, and and this is the first thing that I really can remember seeing him in. I may have seen him in some other stuff, but I thought he did a really great job. Um, it, it, and like I said, very much had had a lot of um, Timothy Oliphant, um, who I'm a big fan of, kind of kind of sprinkled in there. And maybe even like Walton Goggins could be their like cousin who had like a really ugly mother, <laughs> and he's somehow tied into the family. I think that might could work out too. Um, we're we're are just we, building we, a story what? as we go, but. Nevertheless, I really want to talk about this. This is the biggest thing that I think makes The Punisher as good as it is. Um, and Joel touched on this a, a, a fair amount. Um, you know, they deal with gun violence in, in the show unabashedly. Like, they don't, they don't back away from it. They make it a point to talk about it um, because these shows deal in more grounded real life circumstances than the movies do because they have 13 hours to fill out. And like, those are the natural things that you would deal with, um, on, on a more grounded real life scale. Um, and I think that the reason the Punisher is so good to me is because well, just like Daredevil and just like Jessica Jones, which are my, my two favorite, um, shows, other than the Punisher, um, I think Luke Cage um, is 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 just a notch under those, and I think Iron Fist and the Defenders are several notches beneath the rest of that group. Um, but I think one of the reasons why it works so well is it deals with humanistic issues, um, where you have uh, Daredevil that deals with. Um, Essentially, how do you balance your your faith and what you feel like you have to do and how that conflicts with your faith? Um, I think that's a very humanistic issue that, that, you know, a lot of people maybe have to, have to really fight with all the time, you know? Um, like, uh, 
take, for example, and, and this would kind of even connect to the Punisher, take, for example, somebody who's, who's um, you know, going to join the military. Like, I mean, you're, you're, say you're, you're a devout Christian and you're joining the military, you know, it says thou shalt not kill. It's, it's very explicit about that. Um, but, you know, you have to kind of battle with your, your the way you maybe not, not necessarily interpret that, but the way that you reconcile it. And I think uh, Daredevil does a really good job of portraying that um, with that character. I think Jessica Jones does a really good job of portraying um, PTSD in a different sense than the Punisher, but, but still the same PTSD. And um, I think Jessica Jones also does a really good job of dealing with um, like emotional manipulation and emotional trauma. Um, uh, the uh, uh, Kilgrave and his influence on her and how, um, you know, women can deal with uh, men in their lives who essentially uh, kind of control them um, and the way that they present that whole storyline is very centered around that. And I think, likewise, Punisher is very much rooted in um, his PTSD, um, him trying to get over uh, his uh, inner demons um, and the fact that they bring in, they don't, they don't, they don't make it so blatantly obvious, but they do bring in this, this, this gun control debate. Um, and I think they do it so tactically because they don't, it, it's not, I don't, I don't think it's going to be one of those things that turns anybody off to the show, but it at least plants kind of a seed in your head to think where, you know, where do you draw the line? What is acceptable? What is not acceptable? Who should have a gun? Who should not have a gun? Um, and, and I think the character that they brought in that I think makes it most evident is the, um, the former army uh, soldier who is also suffering from PTSD who goes the other way from the Punisher. He does the same thing the Punisher does but for different reasons and goes after different people and it kind of kind of shows us just how easily somebody can think they're doing the right thing but be doing it for the wrong reasons and thus it is not the right thing to be doing. And it puts into question like why we root for this character, but it also cements the fact that um, you know anybody can, can be in a position where they make a decision that uh, you know, may not necessarily be the right decision, can therefore, I guess, judge them on that or at least um, maybe pity them or however you want to approach that subject. But I think that particular character, I don't remember his name, but he, obviously the blonde guy who, you know, Punisher has to go up against and, um, spoilers, well, eventually um, uh, kills himself. He the way that they constructed the whole show and the way that it, it relates to this, this humanistic element of Daredevil and Jessica Jones, I really think that is where Marvel and Netflix just hit the ball out of the park. Um, when, you, when you get into other shows that they've done, um, I, think, I think, like I said, I think Luke Cage uh, at least kind of deals with uh, racial tension and um, basically, uh, you know, 
kind of what it means, like especially the hoodie, like the bullets with the hoodie with the bullets in it and how different people were wearing that in it. They like touch on that. Um, I don't necessarily think they go far enough, and I think the the second half of that show trailed off um, just a little too much. Uh, but I think they were a lot closer to hitting that home. I think Iron Fist completely missed the boat on that. I think Defenders completely missed the boat on that. Um, but I think Punisher so kind of brought it back to where we started. So your point that you were making of um, the character's name is Lewis Walcott. And I wanted to, to transition it to, to passing to Dane because Dane actually interviewed the actual actor, Daniel Weber, yes. who played yes. Lewis Walcott. And he did um, such so a great job. He did a really great job. Thank you. So to transition, it to, to, transi- to transition it, sorry, Dane, to you in that great interview that you did, what did you take away from Daniel? And uh, you can also go into your thoughts of uh, season one of The Punisher. Well, no, um, uh, Daniel Weber was a really nice guy. Uh, he's actually from Australia, so he nailed the uh, the accent really well. Uh, I, I loved his sub-story because it gave you a second – like there was an overarching villain, uh, and then there was his best friend who was actually the real villain. Um, you know, the, but besides that, there were the people that were involved with his family's deaths that – you know, were with Frank before, you know, in the military uh, during that part of his life. But also with Daniel, he played a smaller villain, but someone like like uh, Nick said that was dealing with PTSD, and he went around on a different path that was very unfortunate. But uh, just to see, you know, the, the way that his character was like, I'm lo- really looking forward to talking to Daniel in the future um, now that I have actually was able to see his performance because he did a great job. And um, I'm hoping that I can talk to some of the other people if I get a chance to on this cast. That is the thing that stands out to me. This cast was fantastic. Uh, every single person. I've given Karen Page a lot of crap. She's grown on me as a character. Foggy, still not so much, but, you know, I'm not trying to go on in that rabbit hole. But she was great. Uh, John Bernthal, my God. The dude, I, the one thing that I, I, I haven't heard that much is that, you know, with him, they made the Punisher still a really good guy. Like, he was still someone that was trying to look out for people's best interests in a lot of situations. With Micro, you know, the fact that his wife came on to him and the way that he handled it, you know, you could just tell that he was trying to do the right thing. But he kept on getting swept up from his darkness and having to finish up certain things. So, my God, John Bernthal was incredible in this role, as always. Ben Barnes' Jigsaw was great. Um, just, this cast was very well-rounded, and... I do, you know, you guys have already kind of, like, touched on it, but I do like um, the fact that this show took a stance to talk about something. And Arrow did it to an extent, too, with an episode. I, I, they handled it very similar in fashion, just a middle route of gun violence. And not only that, but maybe it's not so much about gun violence. Maybe we should really take a look at something that's really a big epidemic in the world right now, and that's mental health. And either mental health through, you know, someone that's had it, uh, as a child or has some type of disorder or a lot of our military members that come back home and have to deal with PTSD to that type of level. Um, it was, it was a great film. It, it was a great, not a, well, it's not a film, but a great television show to be able to handle it. Um, I know Jason Inman, past guest on our show said it. he's a past veteran. Um, and also, um, uh, John Roca from, from Collider, you know, this show tackled that specific concept of PTSD, uh, better than any other TV show when it comes to the military. 
and I really do appreciate them uh, doing that. But just a great show, and the violence, my God, and the sex, too. I mean, this has been the raciest thing that Disney's ever been a part of production-wise. So, you know, between all the, the, the scenes uh, between uh, Jigsaw and, um, and Dinah, um, there, was, there was a lot of that and then a lot of the violence. Um, I, I mean, watching Lewis literally blow up in the freezer, uh, that was pretty intense, a very intense show. I had to watch stuff in between it, like Bob's Burgers or like some other type of comedy to calm myself down after a couple episodes, but I killed it within two days because I couldn't stop watching it. And that's really because the show was that good and the cast was that good and the theme and the subject matter. It was the best thing that they put out since Daredevil season two. I don't care what anyone else says. This was a step in a great direction. I love qualities about Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. Defenders was a little bit underwhelming to what I thought it should have been. Um, And I really wasn't the biggest uh, Iron Fist uh, fan, but I love the Punisher. And now just like we've all, all talked about who's more badass kid between 11 and X-23, who's the more angry, uh, you know, rough uh, superhero guy between John Bernthal and uh, Old Man Logan from Hugh Jackman. So uh, just both both great jobs, uh, you know, for performances. And just what a hell, one hell of a television show. I don't think it's going to get any nominations, and that sucks because I think it's just because it's a superhero show. But this is the least superhero-like show out of any of them. And I think some of the acting performances really should be praised uh, for how good they are. And watching Ben Barnes, uh, you know, his character Jigsaw, get turned into Jigsaw was awesome. And I'm actually happy to say that I, did, I forgot about that casting announcement. And um, I forgot, because, I mean, I, I've read the Punisher comic books, but it's been years, what, what Jigsaw's real name was. So that never really, you know, Billy Russo never went through my head. And at the end, I was like oh, this is Jigsaw, and it really helped uh, the story, actually. So I was really happy that that wasn't, um, you know, uh, like that. But terrific television show. I'm really happy that it came out, and I can't wait for the next season. I'm envious of both you and Juwan right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I honestly, when I remember, because I remember telling Joel how I was just extremely hyped about the idea of Jigsaw being in it, I just, with everything that I loved about Warzone, for the life of me, couldn't remember what his actual name was. I, I only remembered Jigsaw. So, you know, as I went through it, and then when you, you know, when you get to that episode uh, six, where it ends with him, uh, you know, obviously working with the enemy, and he was actually going to turn on, on uh, the Punisher, I was just like, wait, whoa, whoa, hold on. Is this Jigsaw? And then, you know, I obviously looked into it, and I was like, oh, it's supposed to be. And, I, and it just made me love that character even more. But, yeah, we all love The Punisher. <clears throat> uh, excuse me. If you have not seen it, go see it. It is an amazing series. Cannot wait for the official announcement of season two. Uh, and then the details of the season two to see how, how more violent they could possibly get uh, with the second season. Um, but let's move into a new segment. Wait, wait, wait one second, one second. Uh, yeah, Jordan, one second. Um, yeah, I just want to throw this out there. I I think uh, a Karen Page death in season three of Daredevil could be a great catalyst for Frank Castle to um, come back as the Punisher. Because obviously, where we ended the series um, was uh, with with him um, kind of giving up that mantle um, and 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 choosing 
to to be a better person. Um, I think I think her death could be um, something that really propels him into into going back into that life. Um, I, I'm expecting to see that honestly at this point. Well, I mean, honestly, I'll go a step further. Uh, I would say if Karen died in Daredevil, it would affect uh, Matt more. But if you want to affect uh, the Punisher with Karen's death, have uh, Jigsaw, when he comes back into all his glory, have him be the one that kills her. Uh, I mean, that they, would, could uh, they could definitely do that. I mean, there's, there's a bunch I mean, of ways they could do it. I just think that some way or another, that, no, that my theory could is, be the catalyst. Go ahead, Joel. I have, my theory for that was because they kind of dipped, the, I mean, they kind of dipped the idea of, Electra getting killed by Bullseye, I figured they'd switch it up and make Karen be the one killed by Bullseye. Ooh, yeah, See, there the, you go. The only, reason, the only reason I wouldn't want that is because that would mean you would have to re-enter the relationship of Matt and, and Karen. And I thought uh, the whole uh, thing with Daredevil and Electra at the end of Defenders, let it be known that is more of a relationship currently. Well, obviously... She's, uh, you know, supposed to be uh, dead, and he's God knows where. Uh, but that was supposed to be a rekindled relationship uh, uh, that they had, and I thought that they were kind of getting away from, from Karen. But if you're saying yeah, that they're getting but, back, if they're getting back together, and then Bullseye does that, then, yeah, I, I, can, no. I can totally see it. I'm not, I'm not watching that idea away. I'm just saying I like that they got away from uh, those two being together because I told you I like – characters like those being apart from each other so they're not so necessarily dependent on each other because they're such strong characters. I like her doing her own thing and him doing his own thing. I, I, I love the way that, that played out. So if that well, I don't, happen, I don't necessarily think they have to it. be in a relationship right. Yeah, for, for him to well, no, I was just for them to interact. To, you know. No, 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 no. no. I, I completely understand that. I was just speaking in reference to it would affect him more if that were still a thing. I think I if you're looking I, for the... I, I think it would affect him almost equally. I mean, I think they've right. set it up where, I mean, obviously, when when Frank Honestly, is talking no, I think to Micro and he's hit. like, Karen is family. Like, because he, he's, like, yeah. he's like, well, that's my family. And he's like, Karen is that to me. Like he's very emphatic yeah. about it, and like no, I think I, that I that you. is his one connection to humanity that is still there. And if you remove that, that no, just I get sets you. I was up, beginning that's, reference that's, to that just sets up him being really becoming the Punisher all over again. No, I get you. I was speaking in reference to Daredevil, not the Punisher. Uh, if you yeah, wanted yeah, to I really guess. affect uh, Matt Murdock, I think uh, you I need to kill Foggy. Him. I think Foggy no, would, I, affect, would affect him a lot more than it would Karen. Yeah, but I think, but I think, but I'm just I, saying, I, I think Karen Page would affect both of them and could give them right. both. Uh, That's very arcs true. But the, the, the right. point you were making of the Punisher's humanity is is Karen. You could say Matt's humanity is Foggy, so it would affect those two, uh, uh, you know, a lot more if those two very important to those those characters uh, died in in in, uh, in respect. But let's move on. Let's not linger too much in that. Uh, let's go on to a new segment that we are trying to implement going forward called What's Eating Dane? Dane, take it away. Hi, kids. 
all right, so basically, you know, you guys know that I like to bitch about stuff and go into detail for, for certain subjects. And me and no. me and Juwan notice. Uh, I've been doing that in the last, you know, past couple of times. Juwan will be like, hey, can you go into detail about this certain subject that you want to talk about? So I said, well, fuck it. Why don't we just make it so I just go into it for like a subject or two and we discuss it. But first, I'm going to go through pretty much my knowledge of the situation itself. So the first thing that's been eating the shit out of me, we have now talks between Disney and Fox and then potentially uh, gaining momentum of buying out the properties for their films uh, might happen as soon as next year. We knew that Viacom at one point was also interested, and Paramount, I believe, was also interested, but I believe Paramount backed out. Maybe it was Universal. Um, but now Disney is apparently really going full force. Oh, no, it was Sony. That's who it was. So basically everyone in the fucking world is going for these Fox titles because Fox, like we said before, wants to go, wants to screw it, say screw it with making movies and just specifically be a sports and a horrible news uh, organization. Anyways, um, but uh, if that's the deal, I completely see how they would be getting rid of these properties and now integrating them uh, within Disney if Disney is actually the one that gets uh, control of it. Now, the public is taking this two different ways. Some people, well, some people don't grasp the, uh, the concept of this. They kind of just think that all of a sudden what we're getting right now with the X-Men movies is just going to tunnel over into the MCU, and obviously that's not going to happen. If anything, I don't think anything from Fantastic Four X-Men would really – would really do start or do anything until uh, after Avengers 4 um, and maybe start gaining momentum that way. But not only that, a lot of people are worried that if Disney is in control of this, that we could see uh, a loss in movies like Deadpool and X-Force and New Mutants and uh, the Logan sequel, Laura, due to the fact that they are, you know, much more uh, – they're – they're more adult. They're, they're, uh, they have curse words, and they're basically not fucking Disney whatsoever. Um, but note that we're just talking about a series like The Punisher that is connected technically to Disney. Um, I'm going to start with uh, you, Nick. Um, how do you feel about Disney purchasing not just, obviously, not just um, X-Men and Fantastic Four, but also Aliens, like all the major movie um, industries or movie um, things that Fox has for their streaming service so they can make a bunch of money doing a streaming service. And are you nervous that it might hurt films like Deadpool and Logan in the future? No. Well, here's the, here's the deal with how I perceive this, this whole situation. Um, I, Disney is not stupid. So Disney will obviously, I think, keep things like Deadpool and they will let that operate on its own um, accord. Um, let's say the New Mutants is successful with this horror film vibe of a comic book uh, interpretation. They will leave that alone. They will they will let that operate on its own accord. Um, there will be movies that operate outside the MCU that they allow to do their own thing. Um, I think you will actually see more movies outside of the MCU that do their own thing. And it will just be, this is a part of the MCU. This is not a part of the MCU. Um, so I definitely think that, that we'll be all right in that in that regard. Um, and I also think that, uh, obviously, one of the big reasons, like you mentioned, that Disney wants to make this purchase is to get the rights to so many films that 
20th Century Fox and 21st Century Fox um, uh, currently have the rights to and have produced and everything else in the, in the past um, to basically fill out their streaming service. Um, I think that will really help Disney's streaming service as far as you know, just getting quality content on it um, so that you know people want to purchase it. I mean, if you tell me I can I can purchase something for like let's say five bucks a month because the the, the rumor is that they're they're not going to charge as much as Netflix. They they recognize they don't have the ability to construct as much content as Netflix. Um, but let's say they charge five bucks a month and you get like a shit ton of Disney classic movies. You get a bunch of Pixar movies, you get all of the MCU, and now you get all of the Fox uh, properties too, like, that's going to be, that's going to make me want to purchase that so much more, and I think a lot of people will feel the same way, so it's a very smart move by Disney. Um, my my one one hang-up is, I don't think they're going to not go with Deadpool. I, I think that will continue. They know that's a success. I think Disney is smart enough to know they could branch off and have different subsidiary companies who are involved with more adult-themed uh, content. Um, my, my only slight hesitation is to think of the context of would we have gotten Deadpool, would we have gotten Logan if Disney had been in charge of it four or five years ago? Um, but I think that's kind of a that's kind of a loaded question um, because we can't really compare it like that. And we already have Logan, we already have Deadpool, and so now that Disney has the knowledge of that those films have been successful and have been very, very well received by critics. I, I, I think that their approach to things would be altered. I think they would be um, essentially more willing to take risks with their subsidiary company of 21st Century Fox. Um, and I, I think it, it would just, it would just, breed more content um, for Disney um, outside of the realm of what they currently do, which is why I, another big reason why I think they want to make this acquisition. Um, so I, I am a little bit nervous, but I just, I just can't as smart as the decisions that we have seen Disney make. I just can't foresee them saying, we're going to buy up all this stuff just to make everything exactly like we make it currently. And that doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you do that if you're if, – if, like, why wouldn't you just keep making all of your stuff the way you make it? Um, I, I think it would, well, it would make them explore other avenues. Well, yeah, and, and, and speaking about that, Nick, I mean, right, I'm going to name some movies. Uh, Enemy of the State, War Horse, Starship Troopers – uh, Deja Vu, Signs, uh, The Village, Con Air, 
Uh, these are all from a movie studio that has not been doing that much from Disney because Disney now primarily uses Marvel Studios, Lucasfilms, Disney Animation, right. and obviously Pixar. But Touchdown Pictures is a very well-known movie studio, and they have made rated R movies through Disney. So a lot of these, you know, the Deadpool franchise can be loosely connected, kind of like how we're going to expect probably Venom and those Sony movies to be loosely sure. connected but not, not really ever saying anything. And that way you can make movies like a sequel for Deadpool, and you can make your, your New Mutants if it's successful and gives a reason to keep on making them through Disney. Same thing with X-Force uh, and the Laura movie through this studio. And it, you can still start X-Men after Avengers 4, start putting X-Men characters. I, I also noticed a lot, a lot of worries is, you know, well, where's there room for this? Well, after Avengers 4, there's going to be plenty of room for Fantastic Four and X-Men-related mm-hmm. characters to start building within the MCU and also villains like Magneto, like Apocalypse again, maybe like Galactus, like Silver Surfer, like the Skrulls, you know, there, there's a lot of things to do that. So being loosely connected. Uh, another thing also don't, we're not realizing in Juwan uh, going into this whole entire thing of like how you feel about this merger. Um, we'll get the original star Wars movies back on a streaming service. The, mm. the ones that, that, that Fox owns, the ones that were untouched from George Lucas, the original versions, will now be back in possession of Disney to be distributed possibly on this site. So, Juwan, does all this intrigue you, or do you, are, are you apprehensive at all by some of the details? Uh, I'm not really apprehensive. Uh, I won't say it necessarily excites me. Um, I, the idea of uh, Kevin Feige having... Uh, as far as the the rights to X Men and stuff like that uh, is is interesting, um, but even he came out and said he has twenty movies planned for after uh, like Avengers four. But we know most of those are, are, are sequels to certain uh, new characters, but um, and, and trilogy uh, you know roundouts of a lot of those characters. But I, I think if they do get the rights to X Men and Deadpool and stuff like that, they won't be connected. Uh, yet, um, I even see the idea of um, some, like you said, it being very, very, very loosely connected. But we have to think about this. Technically, Deadpool is not connected to the current X Men universe uh, itself. So you have nope. a, a studio that has uh, a franchise that's not even connected. So I mean, and then you had people that were confused on where Logan's placed. So I mean, uh, you know, that's not even connected on its own yet either. Neither is New Mutants. Uh, well, as far as we know. So, I mean, there's no rush for if they do get the rights, excuse me, for uh, Disney and Marvel to then force them to have to come together. So I, I like the idea of them owning it. just means we get hopefully get better movies out of these characters. Um, but the thing that excites me the most is just them getting rights back to characters that they can implement into the MCU like now. Like if they can fast track the rights to, um, excuse me, I'm sorry, uh, Fantastic Four and stuff, I prefer Super Scrolls over just the Scrolls. Uh, I just yep. really do. I, I like the idea of the Super Scrolls, especially when, you know, uh, you have these really strong superheroes uh, that they're adding, you know, the Doctor Stranges, the, the Black Panthers, the Miss Marvels. Uh, I'd like to see Super Scrolls go up against these characters in a possible secret invasion down the road. So that excites me a lot. Uh, but no, I don't have, I don't think there's anything about this deal that makes me nervous. To everyone who thinks if Marvel gets it, they'll just completely 
you know, wipe it away. They're dumb. Marvel's not going to do that. Kevin Feige's not going to do that. He's smart enough to know don't say they're what dumb. brings in the... Say a woman, Tom? I mean, I would say don't say they're dumb. I mean, there, there's there's obvious trepidation. I just, I just think the trepidation is overstated. Well, Nick I doesn't think, think you're dumb. Anything. I think you're dumb. I, I, the reason why I, mean, I say I think of course you're you dumb would, is because... Well, the only reason why I say that is because you don't really have anything to go off of. Like, there's never been a character that someone, like a director, brought the, the MCU in Disney, and they're like, whoa, no, we don't do rated R movies here. Sorry, take that somewhere else. So we don't have anything to base it off of to think that if they did get the characters, they'd immediately turn it away. So I think it's dumb for us to assume that if they got Deadpool, they'd immediately tell Ryan Reynolds, like, no, we know how much money you brought in the Fox, but nah, we don't need that rated R stuff here. So I think it's dumb well, to assume that. Uh, well, because we and don't I, have I think Dane makes go a really good point. With, I think Dane made a really good point with his, his list of films that are under the umbrella of Disney that, you know, uh, have been R-rated and, and pretty gory. I mean, like, you think of Starship Troopers. That's a really gory film. Um, and a, woman, at the same time, campy film. Um, I, I think that... that, that that is kind of a film that could lend itself to Deadpool, in a sense. Um, well, also and, one yeah, thing that, that we're, we're we're not we're not thinking about with these movies, you know, and I mean it's kind of we've talked about it, but like these new ones with Fox, uh, Joel, a lot of them are within different timelines. Like we don't know where Deadpool is, we don't know where Logan is, and we could even see them, you know, using uh, timelines like they're doing with Ant Man a little bit, like they're doing with uh, Captain Marvel to implement the Fantastic Four, like Brad Bird wanted to do a Fantastic Four film in the 60s. And they, you know, I don't know how they would be able to pull that off, but if we wanted to go back and kind of put maybe the X-Men in the 80s, and, you know, well, I guess they already did that with Apocalypse, but you get what I'm saying, Joel. Are, are you seeing more good things than bad things when it comes to all this? Or do you also, do you have any worries if, you know, Disney finally does get all those Fox properties? Uh, I would say uh, trepidation is as far as it goes for me because this is something I've wanted my entire life. Like you have to understand, it's almost like I was super excited when we got Spider-Man in the MCU. Like this is the complete package now. You telling me that I you don't want them back because you're worried about the R rating? That don't I don't care. <laughs> I want them all back <laughs> under the same house. Like, I love these movies, and I love Logan and love Deadpool. I think Disney loves money, and I think they know that it's good for them to keep doing what they're doing, and if they have to keep it separate, and it's because of the ratings, fine. But I think you get an opportunity to complete the package. You complete the package. You, you get the Fantastic Four. You get the X-Men. You get, you, get, you get them all in the same roof again. Now, it doesn't all have to happen right away. You start with the Fantastic Four, and you gradually bring in the mutants later on, that's fine. It doesn't have to happen all at once. They have plans till 2026, so maybe it happens around that time, going forward in that direction. I want Galactus at the end of this new phase. God damn it. That's what I want to see. This is what it should be. <laughs> we have everything now. Like, if, if you give me that, what, what, why? Why would you argue that? Why would you not want to see them, everything together the way it should be, the way we grew up watching everything together? Um like you said, uh, you can separate Deadpool and, and the New Mutants and, and the Laura movies that go that far uh, and have their own little pocket world and they're all solo movies. Deadpool is one of those characters that can cross over even if it was his own fucking solo pocket world because he's just that meta. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter if he's going to come to Deadpool. 
But, like, you can do so many different things with these characters. And if maybe they do a different branch for the mutants for now. And then, they, again, like, we, we've talked about this, like, a million times and bring them in gradually later on. I just, you start with Fantastic Phase 4 and you go forward with, with the new Fox properties you never thought you'd get back. And we should all fucking be happy and stop bitching. I mean, and just really yeah. quick, Dane, just really quick, I think, I think it helps the MCU if they can get these characters, mainly because if you introduce the Fantastic Four, just the Fantastic Four, I'm not even talking about the X-Men, it's then well, kind of, like, for, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, what I'm saying is for a lot of people who are nervous about, like, Chris Evans going... Robert Downey Jr. at some point is going to go. Hemsworth going. Scarlet possibly mm-hmm. at some point. What you could do mm-hmm. is those characters can go, allow them to be gone for a couple of years, and then what you could do is a huge event like Galactus comes, right? And you now mm-hmm. need to bring back the old Avengers to help these new guys. And the new guys have now befriended the Fantastic Four, and they all come together to stop Galactus. That was yeah. that has huge box office success, like highest yeah. grossing box office, uh, you know, highest grossing film in history, written all over that. So there's so many great things you could do with it, and I do not think it's it's uh, you know uh, there's anything bad uh, about the idea of them doing that. I don't think it stops anything else. I think it helps the situation more so than hurts any, anybody's uh, idea of seeing those characters ever interact. Not to mention, you you could have Deadpool show up in like an MCU movie and break the fourth wall and say something to the effect of like, "This is where I would normally have a have a have a cuss out scene, but uh, because you know this is a Disney film, uh, I'm gonna say this." You know, like you you could play even, with it. You like in Disney even if would they believe they're that creative. Even if they bleep him, I mean, I don't know if we're ever going to get right, Deadpool and yeah, Spider-Man the same sure. movie. But even if they believe him, it, him being aware that they're bleeping him and being freaked out about it, and like just trying to like even screw with like Marvel, like keep on like saying the F word just because it keeps him bleeping right. over and over again. Yeah, that type of stuff would be good hijinks. <laughs> I just don't it know. Would and be I mean, funny as hell. I, I think the most meta concept is that if Laura does get made and they kind of go with this uh, Alpha Flight type of concept separate. Uh, you know, maybe just like in the comics, we'll get Old Man Logan back, and then we'll have Hugh Jackman in the Galactus movie. Anyways, moving on. I also have one more thing that really grinds my gears that I wanted to talk to you guys about. This really actually pisses me the fuck off. I'm going to be uh, very honest with everyone listening. I might say a couple curse words, not that I haven't already said them. But um, <laughs> to find out, so a friend of a friend of the page and uh, a great um, both writer and scoop getter, Mr. Humberto Gonzalez. Um, uh, El Mayimbe works for The Rap, and he posted on our page about this uh, article The Rap did, finding out details. Now, I'm going to say this is not 100% confirmed. This is almost 100% confirmed, but not really. So technically, this is a rumor, but stay with me. So what they came to find out and what has been now talked about between people in Screen Junkies, Collider, all the major outlets, is that Kevin Sujihara and a lot of the major – um, execs, um, there might be a merger next year that will start AT&T fully purchasing Warner Brothers. Well, all those execs don't know if they're going to be around, and based on this, they're probably not uh, for making the certain decisions they have in the past. Well, you know, if, if you have a huge film coming out and you have to spend up to $300-plus million on it, 
uh, in order to have it done by a certain time. Um, and there's a tragedy within the filmmaking of it where someone's daughter dies and they have to be taken off the project. And you give the other gentleman who takes over six months and he tells you he needs more time to finalize all the, uh, you know, all, all the, uh, the special effects within the film to make sure it's, it's final. And they say, no, um, this is Justice League. This is Josh Whedon who requested this from the board, from Kevin Zujiharo, and they told him no. And now we're finding out the reason is because they don't know if they're going to have their jobs come AT&T merging with Warner Brothers, and they wanted their bonuses for the movies that they get every year. So they cost you know, a great deal of money for Warner Brothers um, and didn't allow the film to get finalized, which I think that all of us, based on what happened throughout the duration of this production, could have understood if this movie needed a couple more months to be moved to to be, you know, finalized. And we don't even have anything really coming out until Aquaman, so it really wouldn't have hurt anything. If this is true, I'm going to go a little bit overdramatic like John Campia. I get business world. I get you got to do what you got to do, but I want all their necks. I want them out of there. That is beyond fucked up. For what Wonder Woman was able to achieve, first from people not meddling at Warner Brothers and what they've done to three movies now with BBS, Suicide Squad, and, and, and Justice League, of get it, getting involved and just, you know, making them cut and all these problems with main people that have no idea about these characters trying to run it. They're worried about their jobs, and they want their bonuses, so they screw over the production of the movie. Cost how much for Warner Brothers if this is all true? And the thing that pisses me off the most about this is that people keep on jumping off the bandwagon now for Justice League, and I'm glad to say that I still love the movie. Uh, I've seen it three times in theaters. I still enjoyed the shit out of it. Uh, I, I really honestly feel, and everyone here especially knows how I feel about the whole Rotten Tomatoes thing and being persuaded and stuff like that. I think this is a case where people are becoming more aware of Rotten Tomatoes, and even if they don't know exactly you know, what uh, the, the score is or, or any of that, they hear from a friend that it's not good because they had to cover up a mustache or whatever headline – and they go in uh, negative right from the beginning because, you know, I can see that. Me and Nick went to go see Justice League together. Um, I didn't have any of those preconceived concepts. I thought the movie was going to suck because I just didn't expect that much out of it. And I was with the right crowd, and I thought the movie was great. And the two times after, I was with people that were worried about it that ended up liking the movie as well. And a lot of my favorite critics still like it. But nonetheless, the fact that this could have been handled a hell of a lot more professional um, – and it's probably going to end up causing, you know, I think it's tracking at almost about to uh, bust over $600 million, which is good. Um, it needs to probably get close to 800 total um, to be able to, you know, make a decent profit for the company. But when you hear this, Joel, does this really frustrate you? And do you, all, do you hope that some of the main um, board members, including Kevin Suchiharo, that they are fired, especially when the merger happens next year? Uh, I think frustrated is probably the best way to put it um, because I can't do anything else aside from be frustrated. I can't have, have no control over anything else. <laughs> I can only support or not support whatever I like. I do enjoy the movie as much as you guys did. Uh, I loved it. But, you know, I, all I can do is say I loved it and tell people it was good and argue and, like, like counteract whatever people say um, and support it with my money because that's really – that's legit all I can do. Um but yeah, frustration is probably the best way to put it. He definitely. I don't think Kevin Sujahara is going to end up staying around for much longer. Him or uh, Emmerich. Um, I think we've already seen signs of change within the studio. 
um, the last year or so when DC Film was – it was in between BVS and Justice League that we found out that DC Film has become a thing and that they moved um, Jeff Johns and um, John Berg to the positions they're at, which are like president or whatever of their of that respective film industry. But that was also during the filming of Justice League. So I, I, we've all – at least I said – Justice League is the end of that regime, of that that thinking process of whatever direction they were going. That was the end goal, and then from there on, they do whatever they got to do to try to revive whatever they started. Because I don't want to see this go away. I don't. I'm not in the in the ball camp. Uh, I mean, in the in the camp of restarting and re- renewing and recasting and doing no. all that shit. I, I, I don't. I don't believe that at all. Considering you already have Aquaman out coming, you have Shazam, you have Wonder Woman two. Stick to your guns, make good movies, bring people back slowly because you're going to have three years to do it. Bring them back, make them want more, work up to your justice, the next Justice League movie. It's obviously not going to be something you should do right away. And you just got to bring good word back because it's all about positivity. And it's just there's been so much negativity since BBS. Uh, and even Man of Steel, for, in its own right, had some negativity to deal with. Um, but they just need to just go from there. I think there's already uh, – um, Changes happening, but at the top level with Sujihar, I think it's only inevitable he will not be there much longer. Yeah, I, I like how you're talking about explaining to to fans and getting arguments. It's like I love how you have to explain to Marvel fans why you liked a DC film, and you have to explain in detail to DC fans why you didn't like a DC film. It always kind of is a thing like that. Uh, Freaking fanboys, I swear to God. Ah. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, so so what we're going by, uh, you know, Nick. Um, what do you think, you know, based on everything, also what do you think that the next step should be as far as Warner Brothers? Should they really reevaluate everything, kind of like Joel, or like Joel was saying, or should they just make their individual movies? And maybe, hey, listen to Margot Robbie, who actually went up and said, I thought that Warner Brothers was supposed to be a director-driven, you know, movie studio, uh, basically calling out the fact of what they've done. What do you think they should do, and do you think that those board members, including Kevin Sujiharo, should lose their jobs based on being greedy, basically? Well, I think, first of all, it's a really interesting point that you brought up about Margot Robbie saying that I thought these were supposed to be director-driven movies because that was the, that was the theme that we got from the very beginning of the DCEU that we were going to allow our directors to make their own movies and we were go- we were going to like kind of not be like Marvel. We weren't going to have an Ant-Man scenario where we had a really well-renowned director but he didn't fit our vision. So we pulled him off the project and put somebody else on. Uh, to to fit the narrative that we wanted to have, um, I feel like that was that was such a, a a main theme with the Warner Brothers like moniker, um, and and obviously that is <laughs> has not proven to be true. Um, as far as Kevin Sujihara, I understand why he would do what he did. I, I really do. Um, your future is uncertain. You you want to get your your movie out. You want to get your bonus. Blah 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 blah. This movie would have definitely benefited from being postponed, um, and maybe being released in like February or March of 2019. It would have 
it it, it could have definitely um, benefited from having that extra time for Joss Whedon to really delve into the minutia of the film and 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 make it what it needed to be. Um, all of that being said, um, I really. I watched a, uh, I'm sure a lot of you saw it, um, John Campia's uh, video uh, vlog um, that he did as far as five reasons why the DCEU should reboot itself. I, I, I thought he made a lot of really, really good points, um, and I don't necessarily vehemently disagree with him. Um, however, I do disagree with him in this sense. Um, I think you have the potential for a really good foundation. You're just letting Jeff Johns take over. And with with this particular film, you had two people trying to salvage a film. You obviously have a studio that's in somewhat disarray. Um, I, I really do think, as far as casting, you have the perfect cast for all of your people. Now, obviously, Ben Affleck is... is has his situation. We all know that situation. Um, but as far as everybody else, I, I feel like you have the right people cast in the right roles. I, I don't really support uh, trying to just, just shove everything to the side and start over. Like, I really do. I think Wonder Woman was a terrific film. Um, you know Nane because, like you said, we saw the movie together. Like, we both really enjoyed Justice League. Um, I I didn't I, – I saw more of its flaws the second time that I saw it. Um, and I understand where, where critics are coming from. Um, but I still think it's a very enjoyable film. I really do. I think, I think it may not be um, what it should have been, but it – Still, to me, is really an enjoyable film. It, it it hits all the beats. I think it could have been so much better if you just give Whedon two or three more months um, to to finalize and, and and really fix everything that he wanted to fix. Um, the 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 CGI mustache is it's whatever, man. I get it. I get that. like, but to me, like the thing is, like I went and saw Rogue One. And so Grand Moff Tarkin looked like a video game character. So you know what? If 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 people yeah. want to bitch about if people want to bitch about like Seven Wolf looking like a video game character and 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 Henry Cavill's mustache, like I hope all of those people are the same people who bitched about uh, Tarkin. Um, uh, you know, because that well, was not, way not way way, so. way 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 worse. Um, but go ahead. Well, not I'm only sorry. do I hope. No, you're fine. Not only do I hope that they they did have problems with that, but even like I said, like Thanos back in Guardians uh, was one of the most like that was one thing that bothered me about a movie that I, was one of my favorite Marvel movies uh, was that he kind of looked like a video game character, you know, with Steppenwolf. Sure. It was like their mouth their mouth was moving, but there was no expression in their face. So I mean, sure. that happens. I think that people have been amped upon it because no matter what, they have this negative stigma. I do believe, uh, Juwan, um, I don't know how you feel about this, but I do feel that uh, if they were to reset, like I heard John Campia's thing too, and I mean, usually I, I agree with John Campia, but uh, I think that he's very 
very fanatical and very, very extreme about certain things. He still doesn't like uh, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. It's like whatever at this point. He still has very, very nitpicky concepts, and I feel like he would say this, and, you know, I'm glad that he feels that way. I listened to the same video, but uh, I felt like they were very, very – something that he would say, basically. I, I agree with other people. Of, do a bunch of solo films with directors, with these actors that you've gotten, and then give warrant and reason to have another big event film eventually. Uh, but, Juwan, uh, just going back to the whole entire thing, um, do you think that there needs to be action for this whole, you know, this this uh, this act of greed, basically? And um, do you think that DC will be able to come back and what they should do, you know, going further? Um, yeah, uh, pretty much like the three of you have already said, the uh, uh, you know, they should definitely be fired uh, for the actions uh, that they did. But the biggest thing I take from this is um, if, like you said, uh, this is all true, and we'll never hear from Warner Brothers on whether or not uh, that's the case. So we take it as truth because um, we trust Umberto. Uh, the biggest thing I took from this was I believe this is the reason, uh, studio-wise, is the biggest reason why Ben wants out. Um, so I think by getting rid of all of this uh, toxicity uh, with these people, I hope you're you're okay. Dying? No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. Okay, I'm like I didn't even finish it, and you you're, you're coughing along. Hold on, let me finish. Uh, no, but um, I think uh, the way the studio has gone since BVS uh, grew tiresome on Ben. I do believe if a new regime came in, I, I believe fatigue is what he's going with because as, excuse me, one of the lead faces of this entire franchise, you don't come out and just go, yeah, no, I went out because uh, the studio sucks balls. Like, I, I, I don't think Ben would, would ever do that and jeopardize uh, any relationship he could have with another studio. I think this is why he's gone. Uh, remember, I believe he was an executive producer to Justice League, I believe. I believe he was credited as that. Uh, so he knows exactly what happened uh, behind the scenes. He knows what was going on. He knows the whole thing of uh, the tragic passing of Zach's daughter and then them not giving Whedon enough time to perfect the film to the way that he wanted to. So I think if this regime is gone, completely gone, AT&T buys them, wipes them completely out, and you let Jeff Johns uh, completely take the reins, I don't think we'll be hearing any more talk about Ben wanting to not be Batman. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say, that's just me wishful thinking because I love Ben as Batman. I, I told you guys before, if he, you know, if he wants out, then I'm fine getting a new Batman. I just, I, I'm stuck with the idea of him as my Batman because he's still here. Uh, but I completely agree with you guys. Uh, I wouldn't recast anyone. I've, I've fondly fallen in love with Gail Goodell as Wonder Woman. Do not change that. Uh, I was fine with Ray Fisher's uh, Cyborg. I, I like Jason Momoa's Aquaman. Outside of Ezra, uh, Ezra Miller's Flash running like the most weirdly way uh, a, a person could run, I love his Flash. Uh, so to completely recast that entire world uh, would not only put a lot of people who aren't that sold on the DCEU completely off, uh, but it would even put us fanboys a little off. Um, you Does have anyone want to hear it from the Marvel fanboys if they decide to just say screw it and start over again? Does any of us want to do that? 
I don't. I, I'd rather like take a no. rocket launcher and point at my face, point blank. Honestly. No. Yeah. No. Not no. really. Uh, and honestly, and honestly, it wouldn't merit you restarting the universe, mainly because not all of your movies were bad. Uh, Justice League was was a good movie, albeit the box office somewhat tells a different story. Um, Wonder Woman was a huge, huge, huge success. Uh, and I honestly did not hate Man of Steel. Uh, so when you look at it, you technically go, well, the two biggest mishaps were Suicide Squad and BVS. So if you've done four or five films and you can say two of them, uh, and we're not even talking box office-wise, we're just talking as far as quality, are the two worst things you've done, I don't think that merits a complete watch. I think if all of your films were horrible, uh, then that does merit uh, a complete uh, reframing of what you're doing. But I think all this is is get those guys out of there. Uh, let Jeff Johns do what uh, he wants to do as far as building this universe more. Just do solos uh, and then have maybe in Man of Steel Part 2, have it in with the arrival of Darkseid. And then that's what, uh, that's what needs the, the, the band to get back together. Um, but to completely wash it away and create something new, that's unnecessary. But the main point that I wanted to hit on was I think the entire uh, toxic waste that we call uh, a studio of Warner Brothers running the DCEU right now is why Ben wanted out. And I do think if they can get rid of all that and bring the freedom to Jeff Johns, I think Ben will be here for his solos with uh, Matt Reeves. Well, and I also also think that they finally got Superman figured out. Like, I feel like Superman is finally the character that we want, and I think Matt Reeves will do a very good job of of, of positioning Batman to be the Batman that we all want. So I feel like you've already got the structure in place of your, your top two characters. Like, why would you go back and, 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 and turn away as far as, what you have going forward, never mind what you have behind you, what you have going forward looks really good. Exactly. They have to be a little more optimistic about it. Um, I guess I completely agree with you. And I, I think it's a valid point, uh, Juwan, about the whole uh, Ben thing. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of stuff that is between, he, he used to be Warner Brothers, like child darling when it came to directing movies, producing movies for them. Um, and now, because his last film for them didn't do that well, they basically, shortly after that, I don't know if it was exactly because it was unsuccessful, but shortly after that, he was taken off of Batman, which I think he wanted to direct more so than act in, um, and his script was, uh, you know, restarted, um, you know, and a lot of stuff started getting taken away from him, so mixed with that, with going through a divorce and, you know, alcoholism and everything else, I think that if they were at a better place, uh, you know, creatively, and AT&T doesn't know. If, unless they go in there and clear everything out and try to, like, redo the whole concept of Warner Brothers from the ground up, I think that things might be with cooler heads, even with Ben, possibly, and I think that we're not going to stop and restart. I think that we're going to keep on going. I just think that, you know, even Marvel's looking into this, and, and Fox kind of came up with it. It's more important with an individual film of having – just a story for that film and trying to be a part of that film instead of having some overarching storyline connected to it. You know, if you want to do that, just try to make it make natural. I think what they're doing with the Legion of Doom for the post-cred scenes could really lend itself to literally building up to Justice League taking on the Legion of Doom in the next movie, and then the third movie, mm-hmm. Dark Side comes. So 
but Justice League, I think, is going to be a movie that we're not going to see sooner than seeing all these solo films. I just wish that, and you guys know this, that Warner Brothers would quit saying, hey, guys, we're going to be doing a Metal Men movie next year. And we also got, you know, just a Lobo film. It's just like, get five films, make them happen, get the good director for it, get everything taken care of. Flash has been you know, a movie for how long, how many directors have it had, you know, it's just ridiculous. Just get your shit together, make good films, and then you'll make money. Like, you know, somehow for Paramount with Transformers, they don't even have to do that and make money, but you're not them, and uh, just figure it, figure it the fuck out. But uh, I guess we're getting, we're getting close to the end, uh, Juwan, so I guess I'll pass it back to you. Uh, yeah, and I just kind of wanted to, to mirror your sentiment. Um, our biggest thing with the DCEU, and I think we all collectively can agree, um, if you have a a set list of five movies, let's say five five movies you have a director for, uh, you have a cast for, and those are the five movies that you have on your slate so far, don't give us anything outside of that. Because all you're doing is you're setting yourself up to fail. Because let's say a director and you disagree, and he pulls out, and you now have to push that movie further back, you're only further pissing off the, the fans, especially if we like that director and like that casting that now both uh, have to go away because you have to go a different direction. Just focus on what you have. Like, if, if, if all they wanted to tell us was Flash Solo, Aquaman Solo, Wonder Woman 2, a Batman Solo, and Man of Steel 2. Those Shazam are our Nightwing. five films we got coming yeah. to you guys. And Nightwing, I'm sorry, six. Uh, six films. And Shazam, I'm sorry. So that's seven. Focus on that. Do not mention any other movies. I know Green Lantern is sitting in hiatus. Let it sit until at least three out of those seven movies actually uh, are released before you start giving well, us not only that, way more movies. Juwan, real quick, you, you can kind of still have certain things that attach in there. You know, you can have Green Lantern show up in another set of some type of film that can lead up to it. You just don't have to make sure that you have, like, uh, an overarching Thanos character or, or something that sets up the Steppenwolf. Like, so just right. flesh out your universe more. Your television universe is more fleshed out than your movie universe. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, and I hope uh, when AT&T uh, does then take over Warner Brothers, my biggest thing with uh, Warner Brothers now is we hear too much, um, way too much. And I feel like we're a part of the boardroom uh, more so than we should be. Like, there's a lot of stuff that leaks about the goings-on of management that we just should never hear about, especially how bad it is over there. And that's just the one thing that Fox uh, somewhat, Sony somewhat, and Marvel um, are just better at containing. They're better at containing these, these toxic issues that just leak out to the press, whether it be someone a part of it that leaks the information, or you literally have insiders who are going, yeah, it is fucking bananas in here. If you just kind of quiet that down and there's less negative talk that comes out, the better people will go into, uh, you know, into these movies. So I just think they definitely, when they get new management and better management, they just need to kind of hone in on that and make sure all this negativity isn't getting out as often as it is. Uh, because that's definitely a huge, huge, huge issue. Uh, but, guys, great show tonight. Um, we talked a lot about Infinity War, The Punisher, and we introduced a new segment, What's Eating Dane? Um, 
I Roar! What did you guys think of the show? <laughs> what did you guys think of the show tonight? You guys enjoy it? Yeah, Hello? I want to. I want to retitle ahead, "What's Nick. Eating Dane." I'm gonna. I'm gonna come <laughs> up with a better title for that. I think. I think I can. Okay. I think you can add his last name. It'll be fine. What's eating Dane Alves? It sounds better than yeah. Name. There you go. It's, it's more so it what's like like great. All right. Sure. Yeah. It's true. Well, it's all true. right. <laughs> all right. So I guess somewhere in there, you guys said you enjoyed the show. But yeah, no. Yeah. Hey, we're we're like typical we're typical fanboys. We 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 want to bitch about what we didn't like more than we oh, want to exactly, praise what we did exactly. like. Exactly. <laughs> um, Not focus on the mention, good people. Exactly. We never do. <laughs> I do want to mention next week, not only do we have all new shows, uh, starting with uh, Full Court Press, uh, Wrestling Geeks Alliance, our newest show, Hall of Heroes, uh, with Shay and Eric, where they break down the week's shows of CW. Um, Me and Joel will be covering Ace Comic Con this weekend, uh, chopping it up with John Berenthal. I cannot remember the guy who plays Matt Murdock in Daredevil's actual name. And uh, The Undertaker, yes, there you go, thank you. The Undertaker. Uh, Mark Guggenheim will be there. We're going to get a, where the Bella Twins are going to be there, the cast of the Justice League. Henry Cavill also has this mystery hunt or whatever that we're definitely going to be part of. So stay tuned for all those, uh, yep. all those fun little tidbits, guys. We will be cluing you in every step of the way. And please tune into our shows this week. And we will see you guys same time, same place next week. Peace out. Adiós.